Welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. In this podcast, we'll dive into compassionate leadership in today's fast-paced business environment. With our experience and insights, we'll help you lead with heart while securing your career. Join us for engaging conversations and practical advice to elevate your leadership skills and make a real difference. I'm your host, Chris Holerking, a Fortune 100 IT leader, along with Roberto Torres, a senior and seasoned startup engineering leader. Today, we're discussing navigating change management in the workplace. And we've recently started using AI, and we have a little bio on somebody that we'll be consulting with to help them with their problems today. Carlos is a 32-year-old project manager who has been in his role for a few years, but is struggling with team motivation and productivity. He's heard about the concept of humane leadership, but is skeptical that it will work in his high-pressure industry. He's looking for practical advice and examples of how to implement humane leadership in a way that will benefit both his team and the company. And we'll get to his problem in a little bit. So what do you think, Roberto? Is this somebody we can help out? Yeah, pretty sure, actually, because, you know, change is something that we live maybe not not on a daily basis, but often. And people who who embraces change are the ones who's going to have a, a successful career in a, in a company. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, I personally have believed that IT is the department that changes the most. Certainly from a technology things that we use, we've got to be changing and using different stuff all the time. And, uh, and certainly we get a lot of new young people into it as an exciting career. So you're always dealing with change from a technology perspective, from a people perspective. So I could see where Carlos could be struggling with this kind of thing. Yeah, I, and um, one thing that uh, it might happen is we don't know if Carlos is working for a 500 company or a startup, but in the end, Changes are needed. When the business is not going correctly, uh, business has to change. Either it to be internally, you know, maybe uh, a department, uh, maybe rather than being product focused, you have to be customer centric and you have to change. Otherwise, uh, it will fail. That's internally, and maybe externally, it will be that the market maybe there there is a recession maybe there is a new competition let me give you an example chat gpt by OpenAI have done several changes to to google so they have to change so with that embracing change is something that it is really important my my question for you would be what since Douglas is a project manager what changes does he has to do, uh, excuse me, to um, with his teams, he's, he's struggling uh, with t- team motivation and productivity. What, what do you think? Yeah, so, you know, I, I think, you know, the reoccurring theme of many of the different topics we've talked about are, you know, communicating the change. And, and where I've seen failure with project managers or with just any kind of, a situation where you're dealing with significant change. How do you how do you track all the different changes? You've got to be communicating them, and you have to have some type of schedule that you're going to be following, so people understand when the changes are happening, how is it going to impact them, 
You know, when I think about some of the big software deployments of change management, sometimes you can't always implement everybody at once. So you might be um, communicating to a single department that they're starting, but a downstream department from them might need to use the old tools for a while. And then you get all kinds of churn because one department's talking to the other, well, we got to start using the new software today. And yeah, but we're not for another four weeks. And why is that? So, you know, clearly communicating what the schedule is, what different people in different roles can expect. That's both internal for, you know, Carlos's team, but also externally, the people that, whether it's customers, like you're mentioning, you know, if it's a startup and it's external software, or if it's in a big company and it's just an internal project, having people all on the same page of when the changes are going to occur will eliminate a lot of the stress. Yeah. And besides uh, using this change management uh, applications, don't you think that um, immediate communication uh, to your uh, reports will be a, a benefit? Let's say, for example, uh, maybe the CEO uh, uh, gathers all the uh, C-level and maybe uh, the heads and leads and say, okay, we're going to have this change and I'm filling the blanks. Uh, okay. Um, Chris, we're going to require this. Carlos, we're going to require this from you. Should it, uh, Carlos, um, after this meeting, gather the team and uh, talk about this change? Abs absolutely agree. Because if he doesn't, here, and here's the thing, even in a gigantic company that was at 70 different countries, the stories would immediately come out when senior leaders are meeting. And so if you don't immediately communicate outcomes of those meetings, the rumor mill starts, and it's usually rumor mill of bad news. So again, getting back to that communication aspect, the more you can communicate and do it in a timely fashion, eliminates that kind of rumor mill for, here's what we discussed, this is the new schedule we agreed to, because maybe you know the executives had to change the schedule a little bit for certain reasons, and you communicate that to your team, and it just stops the, the rumor mill in its tracks because you're openly communicating. Um, obviously, sometimes there's secret projects, but whenever you can, communicate, communicate, communicate. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and one thing that I, that I try to advise, Carlos, is that not everybody's fond of changes. Some people will embrace it. Some people will reject it. So... Uh, after this meeting, uh, I would say um, Privilege had to identify which of his team are prone to um, uh, rejecting changes and to have one-on-ones with them. Uh, uh, use active listening, uh, hear what they say about these changes, and uh, try maybe not try to convince them about uh, the um, uh, the positiveness of the changes but to hear their doubts and maybe maybe uh, gather all this information and make another um, maybe a few days maybe a week I don't know depending on the, on the urgency of this and gather all the team and say okay these are the doubts and concerns of the people. Okay, I will explain to all of you. So the communication will be widespread rather than directly to one. 
so people will hear and maybe uh, add an idea or maybe suggest uh, another change, if I may. But it, it will be a, a positive aspect of this communication. I, I completely agree because, you know, that person who has some doubts um, can have very valid reasons and you might overlook them if I, I, I just don't, you don't want to, you know, think that, well, I'm only going to take input from positive and supportive people because sometimes the people that are being negative, they have some experience with things like this in the past, maybe at a different company. Why would you want to commit the same mistakes that they're worried about? So it's very good to listen to them and address them, right? You, as you said, active listening, hear it, absorb it. You don't necessarily have to, quote unquote, solve it in the discussion with the person, but take that back and say to the team, maybe anonymously, so you don't, you know, maybe the person doesn't want to, to, to be known for being doubting it, because that's usually politically not very good in a company to be doubting things. But hey, it's a legitimate concern. And how can we solve this? How can we minimize that risk? Because as a project manager, that's what your job is, is to reduce the risks. And just because you don't believe it's a risk is not a good reason to just discard it. You should think about it and have some contingency plans in case that risk comes true. Yeah, and, uh, and what the risk first is the, uh, um, um, the identification of the risk. When it happens, what, what are you going to do and what uh, process deviation it might have? Because with that, you could add you to be um, proactive rather than reactive in, in, in this kind of thing. Yeah, without a doubt. You know what, let me take at this moment just to add in a little more detail around Carlos's problem. So, so Carlos is facing a problem and he is a project manager where his team is struggling with motivation and productivity. So he's concerned about implementing change management strategies without sacrificing results or creating unnecessary stress for his team. So we'll discuss this you know, specifically for what he needs to do now in implementing humane leadership in a high pressure industry to benefit both the team and the company. So, so what would you tell Carlos, now that we know a little bit more about it, what would you tell him specifically that he might need to do so it doesn't impact his results? Because he seems to be very concerned that he's in a high pressure industry. So what what might be more appropriate where he's he's in this high pressure to, to implement things but his team is feeling the stress okay we spoke about communication the second one uh, i would say he has to have a board a board in which he has to have set all the productivity goals and it could be uh, all these goals depends on the department on the whole team a squad, or it could be related to maybe, I don't know, uh, this line to be related to this guy and this one to be laid, I don't know, to each person. So uh, with this board, they will say, okay, we have this change that could be um, I don't know, something to have, uh, to implement um, products in, in a faster manner, you know, with lesser errors, lesser bugs, and everything. So with this board, everyone has to have all, uh, all the uh, vision of it and all the, um, all, everything that is happening. You know, 
this this to be like a kind of balanced scorecard, you know. And with sure. that, if everyone is looking at it and see if the graphs are going up or down, they could act accordingly. So I, I think that that would be the first one to have a board so everybody would be in the loop. And the second one, uh, it has to be a um, maybe regarding communication. Maybe if there was a weekly meeting, maybe to have two 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 meetings uh, uh, every week. So. Changes would not take effect until a week later, but it should take uh, maybe every couple of days. Maybe something like that. Yeah, you know, I think the team, obviously just implementing change management strategies for the team is going to cause some stress if they're not familiar with it as much, right? And so your examples of using the board to, to, to have very visual representation of what's going on definitely helps them see uh, what's coming ahead, right? The schedule. I, I think that, you know, in my experience, it's surprises cause people the most stress. So if you have that board and it's showing, you know, we're going to release the new feature. It's two weeks from this Friday. The Friday before, we're going to go through and do a, a, a one last test through and get everybody's agreement that the, the change is ready. Hopefully that starts to alleviate their stress a little bit, you know, and realizing that change management is really con can control stress because you know that there's going to be an approval, you know when things are coming, and if the if, let's suppose that the employees are on the team for voting up or down whether the change is ready to implement, you know that they have a say in. Um, you know, turning the release live and therefore any stress or failure of it, you know, they have some control over it. People usually feel, uh, you know, more stress when things are a surprise and they control the stress when they feel they're in control of the situation to a degree, right? Maybe it, maybe it can't totally be a vote, but maybe it's got to be a majority, but at least if they get the opportunity to voice concerns, they'll feel some more control too. Yeah, and when you mention stress, uh, I think that if Carlos could bend maybe the rules a little to ease this stress with people in, in my work, let's say, for example, uh, maybe uh, rather than uh, beginning to work at 7 a.m., maybe they are in the same time zone. Instead of working at 7 a.m., and we know that we had to work extra hours, maybe we'll have to work, up, I don't know, maybe until 9 or 10. Why don't we begin working maybe at 9? So we had two hours of rest, and we know the commitment of the people to, to, to work maybe even further. No? Let's say, for example, and that's why I wore this this T-shirt, you know, Iron Maiden. Yes. <laughs> uh, I used to work my first five years of working at a bank, I had to work with a tie. You know, I had to go with a tie and a, and a suit every single day. But if, if you had to maintain productivity and you had to release maybe uh, something, uh, a specific day, and it has to be uh, urgent, but maybe you don't work at a at a company where you have to go with a with a suit and inside. Maybe what you could do is 
maybe if, if there is business structure, okay, go uh, people could go uh, maybe freely, maybe not Bermudas, no shirts, uh, maybe t-shirts, yes, but something to ease the stress so people don't won't say, oh my God, I had to go business casual. A, a daughter with shirt mom, and, and that something that you can bend the rules, not break them. Maybe something like that will is this stress. Yeah, yeah. I think, and it depends on the culture of your company and team, right? Indeed. You know, I so for us, I can remember. I'm kind of older than you, so I can remember when it was, uh, you know, tie every day. Then yes, I remember when the perk when the perk was wow you know casual Friday you got to wear a polo shirt on Fridays, well now it's blue jeans and polo shirts every single day and if you were wearing a tie people looked at you like you're weird you know five days a week so it I think it's getting harder to find things that reduce stress in in various roles because I think a lot more companies are casual pretty casual already. Some more casual than others, of course. Um, but you're right. Anything that reduces that pressure, especially as you're building to the release, you know, in doing change management, whether it's change of organizational structures or change management for application development, you know, the big thing is when the change is going to be implemented is the most stressful. So if you can certainly try and time some of those stress reducing events, like no tie. Um, as, you, as you're approaching that that change date or immediately after the change date. Hey, I remember what we used to do for SAP Go Lives is that, that might be uh, every day um, the company's catering lunch, you know? So, so it just, you know, it was just a more relaxed atmosphere, um, you okay. know, during, during that Go Live. Uh one thing that could work, and, and maybe it, it seems it seems better, we're not, that we are debating from the process of change management. It, it is when you're in a culture and you switch to another culture, maybe you have, uh, there was a company which was all structure and everything, and they decided to have a startup mindset and environment and everything it is a change and maybe people it, it is in fun of that so i think that change man change management it doesn't apply exclusively to projects it doesn't ex it does exclusively to business it also goes exclusive uh, it, it should be open wide to culture to different stuff so people might be you know restricted of what they can do or talk and if they change this culture to be more open-minded and everything it will be a um i don't know it might be something that they will say I i'm not um uh, comfortable with this change so I, I think that one thing that carlos has to have it is an open mind you know, and if people in his team aren't open-minded, try try them to be uh, to expand their imagination. You know, uh, if you go maybe to New York to the Central Park, there are guys who works in, in carriage with horses, and the horses are with this uh, 
Blinders. They're called blinders. Thank you. I didn't know it was called blinders. Well, horses had to uh, see in front of them. So you can maybe remove these blinders from people so they will have a panoramic view of everything and maybe the change will be adopted faster. It could. It very, it very well could be. And, and sometimes we don't always realize the stress we're feeling is because of those blinders, right? You know, they're, they're down in the guts of the change, whether it's application development or company culture change or a merger, whatever the, you know, the change is. Um, in, in Carlos's example, obviously, he's a project manager of some type. So, you know, if his team has some blinders on that maybe they don't realize uh, the wider picture of what's going on. And the more he can explain why they're doing things and, and get that communication going, but also ask them directly. There's nothing wrong with asking your team, well, you know, I know we're feeling a bit of stress. Some people have come to me one-to-one -to, -one to express concerns. You know, um, maybe we can't address them all openly as a group, but, you know, tell the team, I want to hear that you're stressed about things and you're concerned so that they'll either approach them there in the group, which I would favor because that's collaborating with the team to come up with a solution will be much better than just one person coming them to one to one. But again, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable to, to raise some doubts in a large group. So you may have to then address the concern privately, but then bring it to the team and talk about it collectively because I'll tell you, you know, even as the project manager, Carlos may have some blinders on too, that he may need to really actively listen and hear what the team's concerns are and not discard them, right? Absorb them, listen to that and say, okay, I may not agree with what Chris or Roberto is saying, but I'm going to listen to it and take it in. And just because they're old, I'm not going to discount them. I'm going to listen to them and say, well, maybe I do need to consider trying some different things just in case they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. And, and, and with that, I think that um, with all the tools and uh, strategies that we have uh, spoke, uh, Carlos, to the overcome the motivation and productivity team with the changes that he wants to do. Yes, abs absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks for joining us on another episode of How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. We hope our insights help you become a smarter and more strategic leader. Apply today's lessons to see the positive impact on your team and career. Catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Join us next week as we discuss successful team building and management practices. Oh, and actually, it'll be two weeks from now due to a holiday coming up next Friday. But until then, stay humane and stay successful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.